All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Red Zone Power Play podcast. This is our 10th episode. Uh, A little bit different this week. Uh, We usually record on Tuesday nights, and the episodes come out on Wednesday, but we're doing a little bit differently. We're recording Wednesday night, and it'll come out on Thanksgiving. We hope everyone, uh, before we begin, we hope everyone's having a fantastic week, and hopefully everyone has a great Thanksgiving break and holiday weekend, but but before then, uh, let's get into some uh, NFL talk. So before, but also we gotta you know get into our uh, intros here. So I'm Eve, and I'm Zach, and let's just get right into it. So we had some breaking news uh, earlier today with the uh, with one of the Thanksgiving games tomorrow night uh, between the Ravens and the Steelers. Obviously, this is our game. Our obviously our favorite team. The Ravens-Steelers game was postponed for tomorrow night and pushed back to Sunday at Sunday afternoon at 1.15 p.m. Obviously, a lot of Steelers fans are upset, but also some of the players were upset too. They took to Twitter and shared their uh, displeasement of the NFL postponing the game. So we're just going to get right into that. Zach, what was your initial reaction of the news, and do you think it was the right decision? Um, initial reaction was, boy, the Steelers got screwed twice. Um, you know, initially, like week four, getting screwed out of their bye um, because the Titans uh, couldn't get their their COVID situation together, um, and now getting screwed out of ten days off, which essentially would have been their you know bye week. Um, granted, they did get a bye week four, but their bye was supposed to be. Um, you know, uh, I think last week was the initial, or no, I'm sorry, a couple weeks back was the initial week seven. Buy. I think it was week seven. Yeah, so a few weeks back they should have had a buy, but now they're losing on potentially what is their best placed time off. But now they get you know a normal week, which is fine. You know, normal week going into this game, normal week going into next week, whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of one of those things. How it's uh, it's very double standard based um, two teams that I know of the 49ers. And I believe the, the Rams have had to play through games where the other team was decimated by COVID. Um, but they let them keep playing. But when it's the Steelers, the other team must have all the time in the world to get healthy. Um, you know, obviously you want a good game, especially in a prime time slot, but yeah, I don't know. I think, in terms of player safety, it was the right decision. You don't want the Ravens to continue to have positive tests and then give it to the Steelers and cause another outbreak and ruin that. And um, I believe that is the right call in terms of doing that. But uh, it just sucks because it's, it's it was such a good slot. It was going to be a great game, um, and it, it is just tough. You know, the Steelers are getting screwed out of it again. But um, if you're putting the players' health first, it's the right call. I think you summed it up perfectly there. The Steelers pretty much did get screwed out of another game. It, it I just don't know what why the NFL does this to the Steelers. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you do got to look at this from a positive perspective too. Um, you, you know, pl- injured players like Joe Hayden and Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, they got injured in um, the Jags game this past weekend. They get extra time now to rest up and – get ready for Sunday's game now. So I think that's a positive note. And I think another positive note that we can look at is the fact that, you know, playing on a short week can lead to some significant injuries. Uh, I I know that a lot of players in the past have expressed their 
dislike uh, their I, I don't want to say hatred, but they express their you know discomfort of playing on Thursday nights. So I think this really. You know, I think this is a really positive note on the Steelers, but at the same time, you know, Thanksgiving night against your division opponent at home, prime time, you really look forward to it. You really do. And it's it's just unfortunate that the NFL had to do this again to the Steelers. But also, I mean, yeah, like you said, too, just the, the, the NFL, just they really need to get their uh scheduling on pack because like they, they still haven't really they, they still don't have a real clear plan on on the covid situation it seems like but because like you said I mean the 49ers and maybe the Rams I, I you you could be right about the 49ers I don't know I know for a fact the rate the 49ers were I excuse me I know the rent the 49ers were a for sure team. I don't know about the Rams, but the 49ers were a for sure team that had to play through a COVID situation. And the NFL is just like, well, you know what, the Steelers, I'm sorry, but you got to play. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we were all very upset to hear about the news. So I, I, I don't know. It's at the end of the day, you're right. It is the best decision just for the players' health. It, but you, it, all of us are just upset about it. Definitely. Um, you know, it's just one of those situations where you have to kind of grin and bear it and just go with it as it is. But um, moving on to uh, our next topic here, it's going to be about the Ravens and how they've lost now two games in a row. Um, this game this week with the Steelers, you know, the Steelers could practically lock up the division or at least keep the Ravens out of it. Um, if they were to win, uh, the Ravens would drop three in a row. Um, this past week, the Ravens, they, they lost in overtime to the Titans. Another Derrick Henry um, overtime touchdown. He ran for 133 yards on him. Um, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown had huge games. Um, A.J. Brown with a – I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but the touchdown he scored to tie it in the in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was wrapped up by like three guys at probably the Baltimore eight. Broke out, broke another tackle at like the three, and somehow scored. I mean, this dude's a freak. He's he's one of the better receivers that's been drafted in the last few years. He's he had a thousand yard season his rookie year last year, um, and already this year he I think he missed a couple of games um, due to the COVID situation with the Titans. Um, he's got five hundred and forty yards and seven touchdowns already. I mean, with missing a few games, he's not going to reach his thousand yard potential. His thousand yards potentially, he may. Um, but he went, what is it, five straight games with a combined six receiving touchdowns uh, right after he came back from that COVID uh, break. So, I mean, he's he's disgusting. But, you know, J.K. Dobbins had a good game for the, for the Ravens. But Lamar Jackson, he just, as we've said the last few weeks here, um, does not look himself. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews had a huge game. Pretty much all of Lamar's passing went to Mark Andrews. Um, if you take Mark Andrews out of the equation, Lamar passed for 90 yards. He had 12 completions and an interception, no touchdowns. So it's just kind of, I don't want to say concerning because anybody's welcome to have a sophomore slump. You know, anybody can have it. And certainly last year is on the verge of being called a fluke, but he's so young. It, he's a guy that has a lot of talent he certainly could bounce back next year or even the rest of the way this year. We don't know, but, um, the Ravens in terms of being in trouble, um, I don't know. Their defense is 
still decent. I mean, they had a couple. They had a pick last week, a couple sacks, so they're definitely in the games. But they're just giving up a lot, and they're not really containing a lot of running backs, which the Steelers would like to exploit uh, in this upcoming game. Well, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, if you look at going to the AJ Brown topic here, I, I really do think he has the. I think he can be one of the best receivers in the National Football League here in the given future. But anyway, moving on to the Ravens here. Just, yeah, I mean, the, the Ravens offense just hasn't been able to produce here in the in the last few weeks now. I mean, they, they already dropped two games. Lamar Jackson's inconsistency to throw the football pretty much this whole year is really, I, I think, he, holding the Ravens back from being a complete offense. I mean, if you look at last year, uh, Lamar was able to pass a little bit better, and but obviously they were more of a running football team, and they, they pretty much are this year as well. But I think they've gotten away from that. So just yeah, just, the Ravens' offense is just has not been what it was last year, and they really need to get back to that. But the defense, the defense is still playing really well. I know they're down Clay's Campbell and Brandon Williams, uh, at least for. At least uh, this past weekend's game, they could be down uh, for this upcoming weekend as well. But the Ravens' defense is still keeping them in games for for the most part. Like you said, though, they haven't been able to really tackle, r- contain any running backs for the past two weeks. Uh, Damian Harris and, of course, Derrick Henry. I mean, it's really hard to stop at Derrick Henry. You just – you almost can't do it. Um. I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough for the Ravens. I do think they're a little bit in trouble just because of the fact that they're 6-4. and four. I mean, they were one of the Super Bowl favorites coming into this year. Everybody had thought that they were going to go undefeated 16-0 or at least maybe 14-2, 13-3, whatever. And now they're sitting at 6-4 and four right now. And uh, I, I do think if they drop to 6-5 and five after this weekend – I really do think that their playoff chances are almost slim to none because they're are they're already on the outside looking in. And the way that and with the way that the Browns, Raiders, and Titans are all playing right now, I, I don't think that I, I think those three playoff spots are almost filled with them. Now I know the Ravens have to play the Browns one more time, and I do think the Ravens will beat them. But it's but if the Browns do beat the beat the Ravens again once, then I, I don't think the I don't think the Ravens will make the playoffs. They're certainly on the verge of not. Um if you look at that AFC South, you got the Colts and the Titans playing really well. Um you know, like you said, the Browns and then the Raiders, I mean they're all playing really well. Um and you never know what could happen. The Patriots could work their way back into it. Um truly at this point anything can happen. It's the AFC is very open. Um, which normally isn't really the case. There's usually, you know, the normal six teams who are going to make the playoffs, but, um, they definitely need to get it together. Um, now if we're going to talk about the other half of this game that we prefaced and spoke on that was, that was delayed. Um, the Steelers last week, I mean, they played the Jags. The Jags were one and eight. They're now one and nine. Um, Steelers beat them 27 to three, uh, James Conner had a pretty good game on the ground, 89 yards, um, about 6.8 per carry. But the real story was Deontay Johnson, 12 catches, 111 yards, bending through the ball 46 times, which I don't really like seeing. But 
if he says his arm feels good, then I'm not going to say a word. Just let it happen. Um, 267, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, little blemish there, but if you think about it, he on the season right now, 2,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions. I am totally okay with that. So has a passer rating over 101. Um, the defense just the Jags didn't really belong in the game. Um, Minka and Terrell Edmonds each had two picks, two at Dupree. They made their their uh, their presence known. You know, passes defensed on both ends as well as a sack. So, you know, they just they really dominated a bad team, and that's what we were worried about was a trap game. Potentially, the Steelers not dominating a bad team, um, but the fact that they were able to do it just goes to show that this is a different mentally or a different Steelers team mentally than we've seen in years past in terms of they see that game on the schedule and they normally just kind of mail it in and start looking forward to Baltimore next week. But they managed to take care of business. They got, um, I mean, they were up 17-3 to and at the end of the first half. Um, and then the fourth quarter, they scored 10 more to make it 27-3, to just put it away. So um, I think it was a solid game. Really don't know what else there would be to say about it, but um, – yeah, I just think that they played a really good game, and they're certainly on a roll. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you said it perfectly. The, I think you said it perfectly there. Uh, the Steelers' defense is playing outstanding this whole year. We've all known that, leading the league in sacks, turnovers. I think interceptions. I don't know about fumble recoveries, but interceptions, they're leading the league in interceptions. T.J. Watt is having an outstanding year, definitely a uh, defensive player of the year candidate. Bud Dupree also playing at an unbelievable level. Cam Hayward picking up right where he left off the past couple years. Mika Fitzpatrick having two interceptions. Terrell Edmonds also having two interceptions. A guy that is looking to hopefully stay with the Steelers. A guy that has played down the past couple years. It looks like it almost looks like he's playing really well. I've saw this stat on Twitter that he's he's playing better than what he has in the past, especially last year, last year he was allowing a QBR of like, or passer rating of like 101.54. And now he's allowing a passer rating of 54. So I think he's having a really good year as well. Um, uh, On the offensive side too. Yeah. You, you nailed it perfectly there too. Deontay Johnson career day, 11 receptions, 112 yards. I would have liked to see him have a touchdown. I almost thought he did score in that one play where he uh, bobbled the ball and then caught it in midair. I almost thought he did score there. Uh, Chase Claypool, again, having a monster rookie season with 10 touchdowns in his first 10 games. That, that's just unreal, and I do think he needs to be in the in the conversation of rookie of the year. I don't think he'll win it, but he at least needs to be in the conversation of there. And, of course, Big Ben you can we cannot praise him enough but big ben having an mvp candidate season in our eyes we talked about this last week he's for sure a comeback player of the year candidate probably leading the way but as as we said you know he's probably going to it's probably going to go to alex smith but you know at this point who knows um the only thing i will say about this game is i do wish that the uh, Steelers would have put up a little bit more points than 27 only because the offense tended to struggle a little bit, especially on third downs. They, they, they just didn't really seem to uh, click that much on third downs. So I, I just wish the Steelers would have 
clicked a little bit more on offense, uh, maybe put up 38 or even 40 some points. But at the end of the day, I'm happy with 27 to three, obviously kind of a blowout win for the Steelers. And yeah, you, you just can't say enough about it. So I'm happy. Definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you look at the, the Claypool situation, um, he was left off every top rookie list, Ben left off every top quarterback list, MVP list, and it's just ridiculous that um, these guys keep getting left off these lists, and you have all kind of players, all kind of coaches, even on Twitter, you know, replying to it, you know, where's Claypool, where's Ben, where's Claypool, where's Ben, and it's just, it kind of baffles me that they're not getting this recognition. Um, in terms of rookie of the year, um, offensive, you know that Herbert's going to win, uh, especially with Burrow going down. Um, once again, I know I said it like mm-hmm. week one, week, or our first or second episode, ACLs never have positive news about them. I don't understand why they exist. But my God, that poor guy broke, tore his ACL, MCL, and has structural damage in his knee. The Bengals need to get an offensive line to protect this kid because he's special. He really could be something for them, but absolutely. I just I feel bad for him as I do for everybody who tears their ACL. But I really do like Joe Burrow. I like who he is as a person, as a player. But um, back on top, back on topic, offensive rookie of the year. I think Claypool should be in the top three. I don't even think it should be close. I think Herbert's going to win. There's almost no question at this point. As long as he doesn't get hurt. I think he wins it because it's going to go to a quarterback that plays a full season and has the kind of numbers he does. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't understand where the the notoriety does not come from. Like, where is it you know, the disconnect? But um, anyways, moving on to another. Well, you know, uh, oh, well, you know, it's just, yeah, sorry. Just, um, you know, the Steelers definitely do deserve the respect that they're not getting. I, I've seen it on Twitter a lot of people talking about, you know, oh, why don't you respect us and everything? Why don't you respect Ben? Why don't you respect Claypool? And for sure, th- those guys deserve the respect, especially Ben Roethlisberger. He's been playing at a great level. He's a top 10 quarterback. Chris Sims put him at number 11. He's He put Lamar Jackson ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. And it's like, come on, dude. Look at, how, look at what Ben Roethlisberger is doing and look at what, Lamar Jackson is doing. It's not even close. Ben Roethlisberger is a top ten quarterback. Not even close. There were um, three guys on that list that Ben's beaten this year. Yeah, yeah. So it it's Tannehill, Lamar, and uh, I'm missing one. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there were three on that list that he's beaten this year. Well, you know, yeah, he put. Um, I know Joe Burrow was on that list. Hold on, I'm trying to look it up here. But yeah, Ben Roethlisberger needs the respect that he so rightfully deserves. It's just atrocious how he's not getting that. Uh, but at the end of the day, though, I mean, we we as fans just need to let the Steelers, you know, do the talking for us. I mean, it's easy for us to say, you know, oh, well, you need to put him in the list and everything. But at the same time, it's just we, we, we need to let. The Steelers do the talking for us, and for sure, they're they're not letting us down. That's for sure. The Steelers are proving everybody wrong. Absolutely. Um, and then moving on to another MVP candidate, we have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, they drop one to the Colts in overtime. 
Um, the Packers jumped out to like a 28 seven lead or something like that. And then, um, they just kind of gave it away. I think they had like two fumbles that I saw between the fourth quarter and then the kickoff in overtime or like the first play out of, uh, from scrimmage in overtime. Um, kind of were gifted the win there the Colts were in overtime um they were pretty much given the ball on like the 37 yard line of the Packers so it was basically run the ball three times try to get into the middle of the field get a few yards and then you got Blankenship who's pretty much automatic this year um he was going to drill the field goal because I mean it's indoors also so um yeah I, I don't know what this means for the Packers I'm not really worried about it I think that they're still one of the top three teams excuse me, in the NFC. Um, because if Aaron Rodgers is playing the way he's playing and, you know, he's on with Devontae Adams, he's getting Scantling involved. Um, and you never know what can happen with Aaron Jones. Um, and that defense is playing pretty well as well. So I think they're still a top three team in the NFC. But the Colts certainly look a lot better. Um, Rivers was banged up there at the end, so I don't know what that means moving forward. Um, certainly there's um, a capable backup in Jacoby Brissett. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the Colts' defense is really good. I just don't know what Rivers really is bringing. Um, certainly, he's putting up numbers, but he just doesn't look the same out there as he used to. I can agree with that, but I mean, g- going back to the Chris Sims list here real quick, uh, I found it. It's uh, he has Patrick Mahomes at number one, Rogers at two, R- Wilson at three, Kyler Murray at four, Josh Allen at five, Deshaun Watson at six. Uh, Lamar Jackson at seven, Justin Herbert at eight, Joe Burrow at nine, and Ryan Tannehill at 10. So obviously we're not going to agree with this list. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger beat three of these quarterbacks, um, and he's set to face actually four of these, no, three of these quarterbacks, four of these quarterbacks. I'm sorry. He's beaten four of these quarterbacks. He's set to face Josh Allen here soon in a few weeks. But um, anyway, off of that topic, um, yeah, just uh, the, the Colts defense is top three. There's no question about that. I know they gave up 31 points to Aaron Rodgers, but if, if you look at it, they gave up 28 in the first half, and w- look at what they did in the second half. They pretty much shut down Aaron Rodgers. I mean, except for that final drive where Aaron Rodgers went down and scored the game-tying field goal, but at the you just got to look at the Colts' defense and say, wow, not many people can shut down Aaron Rodgers I mean, it's hard to do in a whole game, but I mean, to do it in one half, that, that's just pretty impressive. So I think the, so the Colts defense, I think is really good and they can, and they can compete with anybody as for the offensive side of the ball. Phil Rivers is playing really well. Um, he's for sure not playing at a uh, MVP candidate or any level or anything like that, but you know, I, I think he's playing really well. I, I think he's. He may not be the same as he was a few years ago, but I do think he's being he's consistent and he's moving the ball down the field to score. He's not turning the ball over really, and his offensive line is protecting him. He's got a capable running back in uh, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Nakeem Hines. His receivers are making plays for him and uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton and uh, Pascal. And uh, he's got a really, he's got two really good tight ends in uh, Mowali Cox and uh, Jack Doyle. So I really do think that the Col- that, that this Colts team is a real threat in the AFC, and they're going to make some noise here when come playoff time. Yeah, they're a team I can get behind and root for. I wouldn't complain if they had a decent run. Um, 
I've always liked them. I was I liked them better when Andrew Luck was there because I was a big Andrew Luck fan. But um, they're certainly a team that has been through a lot the last few years, um, just kind of with personnel and players and whatnot. But um, certainly I could see it happening, that they kind of make some noise. Um, another team that we mentioned that could make some noise would be the Raiders, um, a team that has actually played well above the level anybody expected of them. Um, coming into this year, uh, they played the Chiefs this week, and they had beaten the Chiefs back, I think, week two or three. Um, but the Chiefs managed to pull it out this week, 35-31. Um, I mean, the the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're up to 9-1. and one. Not that we expected them to lose. We both had them winning. Um, you know, it was, it was the uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show once again. Um, Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 102, and a touchdown. Kelsey with uh, eight catches, 127, and a touchdown. So, um, Hilaire, you know, 70 yards, a couple touchdowns. Mahomes passed for 348, two touchdowns. Um, you know, it's just kind of what we come to expect from these guys. Their their defense didn't really do a whole heck of a lot. Um, one pick, no sacks, nothing crazy. But when you score enough points, it really doesn't matter. It makes the defense pretty uh, – not necessarily um, – Pointless or anything like that, but the defensive coordinator's job is a lot easier. Um, the Raiders, though, still played a solid game. Derek Carr, uh, as we had mentioned, was playing really well this year. Uh, three touchdown passes this week. Josh Jacobs had a pretty good game. Um, Nelson Aguilar, though, uh, has been kind of the story lately for them. He's been playing much better. Uh, a handful of touchdowns on the air. I think that puts him at uh, six. And, you know, the last – he's got a couple – couple games around 100 yards, uh, touchdowns in the majority of the games this year. So um, have a pretty good threat there in Aguilar. And then Darren Waller, he's an animal of tight end. So um, I think the the Raiders could certainly be a threat in one of those wild card spots to a team, you know, in that 2-3 seed range. You know, teams like uh, Buffalo, maybe Indy, um, you know, especially if that's who they're going to be facing off with in round one, you think that, they certainly could give either team a really good game. Um, even the Chiefs, I mean, heck, they, they're split on the season and they were both close games. So um, I guess you never know. Anything can happen. But certainly I would think that the Raiders are still a threat. Absolutely they are. They are absolutely a threat with how well Derek Carr and that offense is playing. Josh Jacobs picking up right where he left off from his rookie year. Nelson Aguilar is a guy that, you know, I did like uh, when he was in Philly. Obviously he had a some key drops when he was with Philadelphia, but at the same time, I mean, I still think he's a capable receiver of getting the job done. And I think he's proving that uh, with uh, Las Vegas. So I mean, I, I like him there, but obviously you, you got to love Derek Carr's number one option in Darren Waller. Darren Waller is by far one of the top tight ends in the NFL. I think he's top five. Uh, just just with how well he's playing the past couple years, so th- there's no question about that. I know the defense for the Raiders isn't like you know perfect or anything. Uh, they were able to pick off Patrick Mahomes once, and th- they do have a little bit of a formula for success against the Chiefs. Um, excuse me, on the defensive side, but. I mean, not much, but I mean, if you look at the offensive side, I think this team can compete with almost anybody. I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs again. And I do think that they can't, and like you said, I do think that they can compete with a uh, Bills team or an Indy team, especially the Chiefs. And honestly, I do think that they can give the Steelers a good game. Uh, Obviously, there's a rivalry there, but 
I, I do think that this team can make some noise come playoff time, and they are absolutely a threat. Definitely. Um, they're, they're a team that's going to give anybody a good game. They play hard. You know, Gruden's going to get them up for anything. He's a great coach. Um, last year, I think, it was just kind of tough as an adjustment because it was his first year back behind the bench. But I really think that um, he's got you know his squad now, guys that he – um, has has picked up who he wants. I think 2018. Sorry to interrupt, but I think it was oh, 2008. Yeah. It was 2018 when he came back. Yeah, I mean, either way, he's finally got you know his guys. It always takes a couple of years, similar to a college coach coming in. You know, basketball, football. You know, it takes a couple of years to get your guys in and make it yeah. your team. Um, you know, the NFL, it's kind of tough to do that because you got to build chemistry. So you can sign the best of the best free agents, but if they don't build chemistry, it doesn't get any better. Um, so yeah, I would say that they're certainly a threat. Um, and then our last recap game here of the week, uh, a game that we both kind of had a feeling about the outcome. Um, I know we mentioned it a few times that, uh, we're speaking about the Rams and the Bucks. We felt that the Rams had a really good chance to beat the Bucks and boy, it was a close one, but the Rams pulled it out. Um, they certainly didn't do it on the ground. Um, there's very little to talk about on that front. Uh, the three headed, um, marshmallow throwing monster um i really i will stand by what i say i do not like how the rams are handling this running back by committee with three guys in acres brown and henderson um i really think it's kind of pointless at this point you gotta just pick somebody because one week henderson will have all the yards the next week it's brown the next week it's acres you gotta just solidify somebody as the number one back so it's the only really big rip I have on the Rams right now. If you want to win games in the playoffs, you have to be able to run the ball because you are going to be playing in cooler weather cities. You know, if you go to Green Bay, if you go um, you go north into Seattle, it's going to be cold, it's going to be rainy, it's going to be gross. You know, you could, you just got to be able to keep time of possession. You have to be able to control the game and they're not doing it. They're just, they're kind of forgetting the run. Now, granted, when you can, throw the ball to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, you know, 23 times reception-wise apiece, 28 targets for a combined 275 yards and a touchdown, it works out. So um, the Bucks just didn't really have an answer for them. Um, they did certainly find um, – they found a way to keep Aaron Donald pretty much off the score sheet. So that's really good to see in terms of what the Bucks did. Um, but Brady just didn't look like himself. The Bucks had no run game. Um, Antonio Brown was actually the leading receiver for the Bucks with eight catches, 57 yards. So he and Brady certainly have some, uh, chemistry there, but, uh, Arians, man, he just, he's not having it. Just kind of throwing guys under the bus again. Um, you know, I, I can't say I blame him. It's a game they should have won. You know, they just did not look in sync. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that the Rams were obviously the much better team. And certainly we both had the right thought process that they could pull that one out. Yeah. I just liked how the Rams were playing in recent weeks than the uh, Bucks. Uh, the Bucks have really been struggling the past three weeks, especially uh, two weeks ago when they lost, what was it like 38 to three to the saints? Uh, I know they got back on track uh, against the Panthers, but I mean, that, uh, that was a division game, and we it's expected the Panthers them to. too. Yeah, it's the it's the Panthers. We expected them to win that game and come back. So that really wasn't any shock. Um, I do think they had a chance in this game, but yeah, just I, I just like the way that the 
Rams were playing better than the Bucks, and just with Bruce Arians calling out his uh, his players, especially his Hall of Fame quarterback, a guy that's pretty much the goat, the greatest quarterback of all time. Just I, I just don't think Brady likes that, and it really wouldn't surprise me if Brady, you know, does some says something to the media, or even says, you know, hey, listen, I'm I'm not having it here. If my coach is going to call me out, I. I, I may go. I don't, I wouldn't blame him. I mean, you never want your coach to, you know, call you out like that. Um, but at the same time, I understand Bruce Arians' mindset. It's like, you know, he's doing it to motivate them. But at the same time, Bruce Arians has got to have the mindset like, listen, I've got the greatest quarterback of all time. I got to let him run the offense. I can't call the plays here. I'm just going to let Brady do his thing and let him. Uh, eat with his receivers and Godwin, Evans, Gronk, AB, and uh, even Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, all those, all those guys. Uh, like you said, Antonio Brown actually led the team in receiving and receiving yards. Uh, yes, on Monday night. So that that's just that, that that proves that you know Tom Brady does like Antonio Brown. Tom Brady has trust in Antonio Brown, and I expect Antonio Brown here in a probably in a number of weeks to maybe have one of his breakout games like he did in Pittsburgh. Uh, At the end of the day, though, I I do still believe in the Bucs a little bit. I don't think that they're going to win this division. Uh, There's no question about that. I thought maybe with uh, Drew Brees' injury that maybe – maybe that the Bucs would have a chance to win the division, but obviously Taysom Hill is – the quarterback for the Saints right now. Taysom Hill, baby. Yeah, Taysom Hill is looking really good right now as the starting quarterback for the Saints. Uh, So there's no argument there. I think the Saints are fine with who they got a quarterback. Uh, The Bucs right now are just fighting for hopefully for really a top wild card spot at the moment. Um. But yeah, I, I I think the Bucks will still make the playoffs. Are, are they going to make any noise in the playoffs? Maybe they may win the first game in the playoffs. But other than that, I don't see them getting really past the second round. Not a, not if they keep playing like this. I think they really need to clean it up. I think that they need to kind of just let the guys play. I mean, you know, like you mentioned about Brady not liking yeah. uh, being called out, and he goes from a coach that doesn't talk to the media to a coach who talks to the media too much. <laughs> Yeah, um, but no. also what we got we we got to put some blame here on Tom Brady too. I mean, he didn't play well. I mean, oh, yeah. He, yeah, he threw two interceptions. Yeah, and they were not good interceptions. Not that there's ever a good interception, but something where you know it's it bounces off your receiver's hands, you know, and and into the wait, awaiting yeah. arms of a, a DB who has no idea that the ball is coming to him, um, or something where you know it hits somebody in the head, pops up in the air, and just a D lineman you know just catches it. So you know these were. There, I think one was a complete overthrow, and the other one was just I don't know where he was even looking. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. They were not good interceptions. Um, you know, ones you can kind of just ignore, but um, certainly he deserves the blame. But he also, as you said, is the greatest quarterback of all time, and you know he's going to be fine. <laughs> he has yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I don't expect. Yeah, I don't expect Tom Brady to you know 
lose his status of come of a greatest quarterback of all time, even if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, or even if he doesn't win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, he's still going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He's proved that. I mean, I think he's got two more Super Bowl titles than the next closest quarterback. So, yeah, um, I think he's fine. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, we'll move on to. As we continue to call the laughing stock of the NFL, the NFC East. Um, this is a subject we haven't gotten to in a long time, and for good reason. But um, yeah, we've we've kind of avoided it because it literally is an entire joke. Um, but with uh, playoffs coming around, I feel like we need to get you know touch back on the topic just yeah. ju- just to give our thoughts on it. Yeah. So if you take a look at the NFC playoff picture. Um, the top three seeds are the Saints, the Rams, the Packers, eight and two, seven and three, seven and three, and the four seed is the Philadelphia Eagles at three, six and one. Huh. And the three wild card teams are seven and three, Seattle, seven and four, Tampa, and six and four, Arizona. <laughs> the three, the the ninth, tenth, eleventh teams out of the playoffs in the NFC. So the three out of the four worst teams. Are the Giants, the Washington Redskins? Oh, sorry, football team. Football team. There you I go. Haven't had that slip in a while, and the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> all at three and seven. So, one win for any of these teams is essentially first place. Um, with Philly having a half game lead on the Giants, football team, and Cowboys, all. Um, yeah. So, my question to you would be: After we take that all in, who? <laughs> the heck is going to win this division and like actually decide to be a playoff caliber football team? Or are we going to see a team that is under 500 win this division? I think we're definitely going to see a team under 500 win this division. There's no question about that. Uh, I, I don't see any of those guys finishing at nine and seven. I really don't. I think the division winner is going to be five and 11 or six and 10 or even, uh, what was it? Or even uh, what's the next uh, four and twelve? Who knows? Uh, who knows? Either one of them could win just one more game and still win the division. Um, you know, none of these teams are playing really well right now. I mean, that's no question. That's why their record is what it is. But I, I I'm just gonna go with the Cowboys just because I like what I saw on uh, Sunday against the Vikings. A really good Vikings team, too. That was a team that was really coming together, really hot right now, maybe trying to make a playoff push. Uh, Obviously, with Andy Dalton back, that really helps because he's a capable quarterback. He'll get the job done. He'll win you some games. Um, I I like what I saw from him. As long as they can keep giving the ball to Zeke, Zeke, um, he'll, he'll keep feasting. He'll keep getting those yards necessary for a touchdown or for, you know, the necessary first downs. Uh, the Eagles I also like, but at the same time, I don't know if I see them beating the Cowboys maybe one more time or so. Uh, the The Washington football team, I just, I don't know. I just don't trust them. I mean, Alex Smith, uh, it looks like he's playing pretty well. Um, we'll. We'll have to see him. I mean, we'll see him play here tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon. I'll say uh, if they can beat the Cowboys, then uh, they obviously do have a legitimate chance to win the division and the Giants. I don't know. I, I know they're playing really well right now, but at the same time, I, I I just don't know about the Giants. I mean, who knows? It's still a toss up with this division. It really is. But 
I'm just going to go with the Cowboys now, and who knows, maybe that'll change by next week. Yeah, I guess my two cents on each team would be Dallas is trending up. Um, Andy Dalton's back. He certainly loves Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Um, and Dalton Schultz is going to get more looks. Their defense is really the tough spot for me. I don't know what they're going to be able to do. Um, I know that each of these teams have a fair amount of division games left. Um, the football team, yeah, Alex Smith is playing well. Antonio Gibson's really playing well. Scary Terry McLaurin is playing really well. Um, that defense is actually kind of trending upwards. Um, they're playing a little bit better. Um, their, their rookies are starting to get it together a little bit. Um, the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones is, I don't know really what to say about him. Um, Sterling Shepard, um, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, who I don't know if he's even going to be with that team come next year. Um, they're all getting their looks. Evan Ingram's obviously getting looks. Uh, Wayne Gallman scoring touchdowns weekly. Um, I don't really think they have much of a shot. They're too banged up and their defense doesn't really do enough. But by virtue of the fact that they played, you know, the very weak division, they actually have the most division wins of all the four teams. They have three. Um, and the Eagles, they're certainly getting healthier. Wentz looks better. He got Goddard back. Um, he's getting his receivers back slowly. Um, but he also has Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, who are two reliable running backs for them. Um, and their defense is actually trending upwards as well. My prediction, truthfully, is that the Eagles win the division, followed by the football team, Cowboys, and Giants. I just think that the Cowboys are too banged up and Zeke's not playing well enough. Now, certainly if he turns it on, they have a good shot. But I'm going to take the Eagles, um, followed by the, the football team. So that's the way I see that mess of a division shaking up. I think the one thing that we can both agree on, though, whoever wins this division is getting smoked in the first round of the playoffs. You know I, what? If I look at it right now, obviously this whoever wins this division is going to be the four seed because Green Bay seven and three, the Rams are seven and three, the Saints yeah. eight and two. Yeah, this whoever wins this is going to have to play the likes of Seattle, Tampa, or Arizona. Seattle right now is the number one wild card, so they would be playing the Eagles. There is not a chance in hell the Eagles could beat the Seahawks. No, in Seattle, it, no, they, 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 they played them in January. It, yeah, no, they they played them this upcoming weekend uh, th- on Monday Night Football. I don't think it's in I don't think it's in Seattle in Philly. But yeah, it's in Philly, but still, I mean, y- y- you're playing them again. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, if you look at the rest of Philly's schedule, they have the next three weeks: Seattle, Green Bay, and the Saints. Um, yeah, I take it back. They might not win that division because next four weeks you add Arizona to the end of that, and then Dallas and the football team. So, yeah, um, I don't think. I think they win one of the next four games at most. I can see that. And then I, I'm just going to go ahead and take a look at the rest of the division while we're on the topic because might as well. Um, yeah. I exactly. have the rest of the way, Cincy, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, Dallas. There's four games also like the Eagles have of four really tough opponents that they're not going to beat in Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, and Baltimore. They're not going to beat Dallas either. Cincy this week, well, it's Ryan Finley, so um, I'm not too concerned about their chances, but they did just come off of beating the football team and the Eagles back-to-back weeks, but losing to the Eagles in Tampa. But they've been in every game the last five, six that they've played. Um, One, two, three, four, five, one-score games. And then last week was 
uh, a game that they were up by 10 points and won. So, you know, they won two out of those five one-score games, which bodes well, but also I don't think it's happening moving forward. The football team, they have Dallas, Pittsburgh, 49ers, Seattle, Carolina, Philly. Truly, that's the easiest of the three schedules we've read out so far, or I've read out so far. Um, Certainly have a good shot this week against Dallas. Um, Against Pittsburgh, trap game, never know. Um, The Niners, yeah, tough game for them either way, but they could potentially beat them, uh, being that 49ers have, like, nobody healthy. Then Seattle and Carolina. Uh, If Carolina's got McCaffrey back, I don't see them beating them. Um, And then Philly and then Dallas, they're scheduled to finish the year. Goes football team, Baltimore, Cincinnati, 49ers, Eagles, Giants. So another easy one. So truly it could be the Eagle or the Cowboys or the football team. I don't really know. And that's the beautiful thing about whatever circus we're watching. <laughs> exactly. It's really a toss up at this point. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we got a Thanksgiving night. We got a Thanksgiving matchup here uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, let's just get right into that too. We're getting right into our week 12 picks and that's our first matchup that we're going to look at is the uh, Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this is obviously battle for first place. <laughs> so who you got? So I, you know, I love having an upset once in a while. I'm taking Washington. Oh, okay. They're playing okay. in Dallas. I know. And I know that Andy Dalton's back, and that offense looked a lot better. But Alex Smith is trending up. He's got more playing time. He's a better quarterback when healthy than Andy Dalton. He might even be a better quarterback right now with half of a leg. Um, Terry McLaurin is going to tear that secondary to pieces. And Antonio Gibson is going to have a massive game. Pretty sure when they played earlier in the season, Gibson had a huge game. Um, I'll go back and look right now. But if you look at the way that Washington was playing, um, you know, I just think that I just think that they're trending up. Yeah, Gibson last time they played Dallas had 128 yards and a touchdown. That was rushing, um, receiving, nothing really. I think that was the game that uh, what who is it? Uh, McKissick had like nine receptions. Um, but yeah, I think that they certainly have a shot. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to take the upset here. So I'm going to go with Washington. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to pick Dallas just because this game is in Dallas. It's Thanksgiving. This is a this is a day that they always look forward to. So I'm going to take Dallas. I like the way Andy Dalton is playing. Uh, I think Zeke does get it going against the uh, football team's defense. Uh, we may see C.D. Lamb or Amari Cooper or uh, – uh, Michael Gallup go off. Uh, I think um, that either one of those guys is going to go off, maybe all three of them. But I do think that this is going to be a high-scoring game uh, because there's going to be no defense at all in this game. Really zero. No defense. Yeah, zero defense at all in this game. Neither team so. has one. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so bad. It really is. Uh, Alex Smith is going to play well. It, Gibson is going to play well. Just – I Terry McLaurin's going to go off too. I can't forget about him. Terry McLaurin is going to go off. He's proving himself to be one of the best young receivers in the NFL. He's actually top five right now, I think in receiving yards. Mm -hmm. So there's for sure he's going to go off, but it's going to be a high score game. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm taking Dallas. So here's an interesting stat for you. The Cowboys are dead last in points against They're 32nd. They've given up 318 points. 
They're 19th in the league in sacks with 19 and 30th, so third to last in interceptions with, take a guess. Uh, the football team. Oh, no, no, I'm saying how many interceptions the Cowboys have. Oh, how many Cow? Oh, my, my fault. <laughs> they're, they're uh, um, I'm going to go with a limb and say one. Three. So close. Dang, that was so close. And Washington is ninth in the league in points against with 227, but fourth to last in points per game. So um, defensively, the football team actually is sixth in the league in sacks and eighth in interceptions with 31 sacks and nine interceptions, which is kind of interesting. But um, Terry McLaurin, the last time they played the Cowboys, um, trying to get this to load here, uh, maybe. Yeah, he had 11 receptions, 90 yards, and what's that, a touchdown? Yeah, a touchdown. So, you know, he's going to get targeted a lot. He's certainly going to have a lot of receptions because he is the biggest threat on that team. Um, J.D. McKissick, a running back, is their second best or second highest receiving pass catcher. Um, So, yeah, that's the status of the Washington football team offense. They're certainly going to have a nice draft pick this year. Um, But, yeah, I'm going with Washington. So, Wait, okay, wait. Picture this, though. Picture a whole division in the top five of the draft for next year. I'd say top seven. Top seven, yeah. I don't just, mean just, to just picture that. Like, if you think about it, the Jets and the Bengals are probably one, two. The Jets are yeah. probably number one. But then, you're right, you'd have Jets, Bengals, Falcons, depending on what they do. But then three to, three people out of the – three teams out of the same division would be three, four, five, three, five, six, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. Well, I mean, uh, they they may give the edge a little bit just to the uh, whoever wins the division may maybe get a little bit of a higher, little bit of a lower draft pick just because they won the division and made the playoffs. But I don't really know how that ne- necessarily works. Yeah, it goes by finishing position in terms of the standings. Which you know, the team if the Eagles okay. were to win the Super Bowl with a record of three of you know what ten six and one, if they manage to win out the rest of the season or potentially. I don't know, maybe five, I don't know what the five, 10 and one. Um, if they win the Super Bowl, they get the last pick in the first round. Jeez. Yeah. So making the playoffs, they're already outside the top 15, regardless, whoever wins that division. So three out of four will most likely be inside the top seven to eight picks of, for next year's draft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Um, but moving on here, we got two teams that are, actually fighting for the number one seed in their division, um, the Titans and the Colts. Can the Titans get even um, and manage to even the season series, but also get back into the division race? I think they can, but I'm taking the Colts just because I like what they're doing right now. I like the way that they're playing. They, they played the Titans not too long ago, and they were, they were able to shut down Derrick Henry pretty well. They were able to shut down AJ Brown, Corey Davis, they were able to shut down Ryan Tannehill down pretty well. I I like this defense. Like I said, this defense is top five, probably top three, maybe. Uh, they're capable of shutting other offenses down. And I know Phillip Rivers is playing somewhat inconsistent, but I do. But but I think he's playing well. He's going to play well enough to win this game. He's going to find T.Y. Hilton. He's going to find Mo'Ally Cox. He's going to find... Uh, Pascal and Jonathan Taylor is going to play really well too. So I like the Colts in this matchup. I do think that the Titans will keep it close. I, I think they keep it close. It's going to be a lot closer game than it was uh, a few weeks ago, but I, at the end of the day, I'm taking the Colts. 
Yeah, I'm taking them too. I think um, with the way they shut down the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, regardless of the fact that the Titans have better receivers than the Packers as a whole unit, um, you know, Devonte Adams is better than anybody the Titans have, but AJ Brown and Corey Davis are pretty darn good, and so is John Smith. So, um, I'm gonna say that the Colts win this game purely based on defense. I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game because I think it's gonna rely on the running game for the Titans and most likely the running game for the Colts as well. Um, but I'm taking the Colts. I don't really know what to say about it. It's a tough game to evaluate from the standpoint of it. Really depends on which quarterback makes more plays, um, Tannehill or Philip Rivers. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to actually side with you on this and go with the Colts as well. Um, and they're pretty much going to solidify their, their division win, uh, in the AFC South with that one. Um, but moving on to our next one, um, the matchup of two quarterbacks who, well, we should have seen in Super Bowls already. Unfortunately, we're playing in the same conference, but truly this could be a Super Bowl matchup. The Chiefs and the Bucks. Could be this year. Yeah. So we have... Patrick Mahomes playing lights out. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Lev Bell, you know, the absolute machine of an offense. Facing the other machine of an offense, Brady, A.B., Godwin, Gronk, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. So we have two two powerhouses squaring off in Tampa. Um, Who are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I just can't trust the Bucks right now. I, I know the Bucks have a top defense in the league right now, but they're they're not playing like it. They're they're for sure not playing like it. I, I know they're in contention for you know uh, one of the top le- top spots in the turnovers and sacks and everything along with the Steelers, but they're not near the Steelers' defense. I'm not going to compare the two, but um. I, I just think Patrick Holmes is going to tear this defense apart. I, I really do. Um, not to say that Brady can't tear apart uh, the Chiefs defense because that, that the Chiefs defense has really struggled over the past couple weeks uh, with the Panthers and the uh, Raiders. And I forget who they played the, the week before that. But, but yeah, I mean – but I mean, Brady's can Brady and his offensive weapons can tear up that Chiefs defense too. I, I think Godwin or Evans or AB, just one of those receivers is going to go off. It could be AB, but one of those receivers is for sure going to go off. Actually, that, that that's another thing. Two former Steelers players are facing off each other, uh, AB and Le- and Lev Bell. Uh, think about that for a second, but um. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I just like Patrick Mahomes in this matchup. I I just think it'll be too much for Brady to come back from. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs also. I think that their defense is actually kind of playing better. They're going to start gaining momentum um, later into the season, kind of like they did last year. Um, their defense was trending up as they were going into the playoffs. You know, They weren't scoring as many points in the playoffs, but they didn't need to. The defense is doing its job. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs solely on their offense, though. Um, the defense is trending up, yes, but that doesn't really factor into my decision. I think that the Bucks' defense has been very suspect, um, and I think Mahomes is going to just have a Patrick Mahomes game. Um, I'm going to call for this game to be fairly high scoring. Granted, that could come from one side and not the other, or both, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. I think that it's just one of those games. I think they get to 10-1. and one. Um, I think they play a lot better. So yeah, that's who I'm taking. I agree with it. I think Patrick Mahomes goes off really 
Uh, not, not to say that Brady can't go off either, but I think Mahomes is just going to – I think Mahomes is going to be too much for Brady, like I said. Mahomes uh, going off versus Brady going off is just two entirely different planets of skill. That's true. That That's very true. Uh, anyway, let's move on to a division opponent in the uh, NFC North. We got the uh, Bears and the Packers. Obviously, the Bears are struggling right now. Uh, the Bears really need to find a quarterback. Uh, I don't know. If, as of right now, I don't know if Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles is going to be healthy enough to, you know, play in this game. Uh, so that that's not really good for them. Uh, the Packers, uh, they're coming off from a loss from the from the Colts this past weekend. Uh, but the real question is uh, the Bears sitting at five and five. If the Bears lose, is their season over? Um, yes, their season is done if they lose, and their season is done because they are going to lose. Um, I'm not really going to give this game two thoughts. Um, I'm going to pull out a line I haven't used since our first episode. I'm going to take a pass on this game because I just don't even think it's worth like analyzing on the Bears' side. The Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to bounce back. He always does. He's playing at MVP level. Devontae Adams is probably going to have three touchdowns because Lord only knows how many times he does that this season. Um, I just don't think the Bears have a chance. You're absolutely right. Their quarterbacks are not healthy enough potentially to play, but also they need a quarterback. Mitch Trubisky, good for you getting drafted second overall. Absolute joke of a draft pick. and. They paid Nick Foles money that you would probably could have gotten Philip Rivers for. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Allen Robinson's career is being absolutely wasted in Chicago um, after it was wasted in Jacksonville. So yeah, I don't know. Just that team's a joke. They don't have a running back. They don't have a quarterback. Cleo Mack is their entire defense while Artie Burns runs around and lets people pass for 300 yards. So yeah. Is he starting? I think he was last week. I think he played like 50% of snaps. Jeez. Yeah, that's I, that's what I mean. Like, I just, I don't know what that team is. I'll look back, but I'll look back while you talk and I'll get back to you if I can find it. Well, there's nothing to really say. I mean, you said it, you said it perfectly. I don't think the Bears have a choice. I don't think the Bears have a chance in this game. I, yeah, so I'm also like, I'm not going to necessarily take a pass, but it's just going to be the Packers. The Packers are for sure going to win this game. Aaron Rodgers is going to go off on the pa- on the Bears defense, especially if Artie Burns plays this starts this weekend. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great day with his receivers and Devontae Adams and uh, Valdez Scanling with, with without question there. So the Bears really need to get really need to figure it out whether who's going to play quarterback, but it's going to be the Packers who wins this game. So here's an interesting couple stats for you. The Bears are second to last in the league, averaging under 20 points a game at 19.1. They're averaging just over 320 yards a game, good for second to last, or third to last, I'm sorry. And they're dead last in terms of rush yards per game and kind of just under middle of the pack with 243 pass yards a game. So there's really nothing going for them. Um, The thing I look at now is Foles has played eight games. He's got 1,800 yards, 10 touchdowns, eight interceptions for like 230 a game. Trubisky played four games, 560 yards for like 140 a game, six touchdowns, three interceptions. So like neither one was really throwing many interceptions compared to like the touchdowns. They do have more touchdowns and picks. But like what are they doing? 
it doesn't make sense. Like, how did you not sign somebody? How did you not try and fix this? Allen Robinson, I am blown away, actually has 750 yards right now. Um, I don't know how that's possible, but the next closest is 350. Um, and I'm looking right now at their defense. Yeah, Allen Robinson's actually on with 10 tackles. That just shows you how many interceptions they're throwing. Uh, yeah, the, this team is just a mess, and I don't even think it's going to be close. Can you believe that this team was 4-1 and one at one point in the season? And we talked about them as a potential playoff team. <laughs> Honestly, cold though. Takes, at freezing cold takes, please, I, you can blow it up. I don't care. Honestly, though, yeah, we, we really did say that this team was potentially in contention for the NFC North and maybe a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, we were dead wrong on that. So I'm going to laugh at myself real quick. I think they're a better team with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. <laughs> Honestly, you could be you could be right. I don't know. I just think he gives you a better shot. But yeah, I don't. Any, anyways, let's move on here. <laughs> um, we beat up on them enough. Um, next game we're going to look at is going to be the Cardinals at the Patriots. Um, the Cardinals are going to try and bounce back from the uh, the close game against the Seahawks, the Pats. Um, coming off a pretty good game, um, you know, in terms of playing a little bit better, kind of getting it together. Um, you know, they did lose to the Texans, but they played better in the second half. They looked like a much more complete team by the standards of how they've been playing. Um, but let's, who do you think is going to win here? The Cardinals or the Pats? I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think it is, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. I, I just, I, I like the way that they're playing. I've said this pretty much throughout the episode, um, so I need to stop saying it, but the Cardinals are really playing well. I know that they really struggled against the Seahawks, and I mean, they were almost a play away from tying that game or winning that game, one of the two. I, I forget what the final score of that game was. It was tying it? Okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they were so close to tying the game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's just on, it's just, um, the Cardinals offense right now, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald. I, I just trust them more than I trust, uh, the Patriots defense. Uh, I know they're getting, uh, Stephon Gilmore back or they just got him back recently. And obviously Stephon Gilmore is going to cover DeAndre Hopkins. Stephon Gilmore is one of the best, uh, cornerbacks in the league if not the best cornerback in the league right now he's but the, the best cover corner in the league no okay game. yeah yeah no he's the best cover cornerback in the league right now uh he's obviously going to travel with deandre Hopkins, like i said but i just deandre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the national football league and i just don't think it's really going to be close uh as for the uh patriots offensive side of the ball and the cardinals defense side of the ball i think cam newton and that offense may, may put up some points uh, they've been able to move the ball consistently over the past couple of weeks uh, by running the ball with Damian Harris or Rex Burkhead, whoever's starting at the running back position. Kim Newton playing decent, uh, maybe not at the level that we expect Cam Newton to play at, but he's still playing pretty well. Uh, so that's why I think that this game is going to be a lot closer than maybe a lot of people think it is. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Cardinals and I think they bounce back. So I'm also taking the Cardinals, um, even with the return of Gilmore covering um, 
Hopkins. They still have um, Christian Kirk, who's kind of uh, jumped onto the scene this year. They still have Larry Fitzgerald, and they still have you know Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds. And we all know that Kyler Murray is going to find a way to run for 80 yards, just kind of zipping around out there like Bo Jackson on Tecmo Bowl football. Um, but a, a point back to the Patriots running back situation, Burkhead's actually out for the season with a knee injury. Once again, another ACL problem that does not cause any positive news. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, he got carted off kind of late in the game. Um, but like you said, Damian Harris, they've been moving the ball well on the ground. He's actually been kind of a light for them in terms of the running game. James White's more of a pass catcher anyways. He's pretty much a wide receiver at this point, 19 yards on five carries, six receptions for 64. So um, look for him to be you know, moving the ball and check downs, kind of those crossing routes. But uh, was it Demir Bird was the new uh, receiver to pop on the scene that nobody had ever heard of following Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry actually had a decent game last week. Um, and I will say – while I conclude my talk on the Patriots, Dante Moncrief caught one of two passes last week. The guy who could not catch a pass to save his life for three teams last year managed to catch a pass. So, good wait, you. wait, he's playing for the Patriots? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yep. The guy who, I, I want to look back actually, um, the guy who with the Colts early in his career um, what do you have a 700 yard season, six touchdowns, some lower yardage seasons. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of didn't really do much of anything. Played five games of the Steelers had four receptions for 18 yards. Didn't play the rest of last year. Um, and now this year, one game, one reception, 15 yards. So I like him. I think he was a good receiver earlier in his career, but he certainly has some sort of yips with his hands. But anyways, back on topic, the Cardinals are going to win this game. It's really going to be a game where I think some points go up. Neither team's really been doing great in terms of the whole keeping points off the board thing. Um, even with the return of Gilmore, I think Kirk's going to assume the role of DeAndre Hopkins if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't just play like DeAndre Hopkins, which you never know it could happen. Um, but I think that the Cardinals win this game. I think that the Patriots are just kind of outmatched. Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree with you completely there. Um, but anyways, on to our final game, the game that has now been pushed back from tomorrow to Sunday, as we've mentioned many times, the Ravens at the Steelers. Um, we both thought it maybe could be a statement game for the Steelers if they beat the Ravens both times this season, um, regardless if the game was played tomorrow. Anyways, um, I think with it being moved, they're even more motivated because they're all pissed. If you've seen Twitter, they're all pissed. Um, I think they come out extremely motivated. I think they come out healthier than they were if, than if it was played. Um, tomorrow i just i think the steelers give the ravens a good game what are your thoughts well it's like you said i mean the steelers were ready for this game the steelers were ready to go in tomorrow it was the perfect scenario thanksgiving night in heinz field primetime football you got the whole world you get you get pretty much the whole world watching you on national television and you get that taken away the steelers are pissed off Oh, like, like, like you said, I mean, if you, yeah, if you've watched Twitter, if you've seen what Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Hilton, uh, Benny Snell, uh, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, if you've seen what they have said on Twitter, they're pissed off. They are for sure pissed off. This is for sure a statement game for the Steelers, not just to the Ravens, but to the entire, but to the National Football League saying, all right, if you're just, all right, if you're gonna move our game again, and screw us over again, 
then we're just going to make a statement here and maybe drop like th- like and maybe drop 40 or 50 points on the team that was favored to win the Super Bowl. I don't think that'll necessarily happen. I think it'll be close, but that would be great if it did. At this point, I do think the Steelers will win this game by 20 or so, just because I think this will be so much of a statement game for them. Um, You know, uh, based on the COVID protocols for uh, the Ravens, I don't know if necessarily a lot of them will play. Um, Based on what I'm hearing, uh, I don't think uh, J.K. Dobbins or Mark Ingram will play. Uh, Maybe possibly uh, Clayus Campbell. And, and maybe some other defender who will play, I, I don't know, but they could possibly play. But at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be the Steelers. I, I'm taking the Steelers in this matchup solely because that they're a pissed off football team right now. And they're just going to make a statement. Yep. I'm taking the Steelers too. I think that it's a game that they just come out. They kind of play a very complete solid game. I think that's very mistake free football. And I think that defense plays just nasty. I think we see a lower scoring game. Um, I think the Steelers do break that 24 point threshold with threshold, which they've broken every week. But I do think that that's pretty much all the further the scoring might go. Um, I think between the two teams, it's going to be a, a, not a cool night by Western PA standards for late November, but I think that it's a night where running the ball is, is emphasized, and I feel like the, the defenses are going to play really mean and nasty. We're going to see some hard-nosed um, Steelers-Ravens football. Um, I'm taking the Steelers. I think they're just their defense is just too good. They know how to contain Lamar Jackson. They've done it now three times. Um, I think the offense, I mean, they got a three-headed monster between Johnson, Claypool, and Juju. Um, I think that they're just a good enough team that they can beat anybody right now. Um, even the Chiefs, I know that would probably be the closest team in terms of who could beat the Steelers right now, um, but they certainly can beat the Ravens. <clears throat> now, certainly, the Ravens are coming off two losses. They're going to be motivated to get a win, especially with the COVID stuff, but I just think the Steelers win this game, um, and I don't really – I don't give a whole lot of chance to the Ravens, especially with now the Steelers being kind of pissed off. So um, that's where I'm taking it. Well, if you also think about it too, I mean, this is really a must-win game for the Ravens. Uh, it's like I said before. I mean, they're six and four. If they drop to six and five, their playoff chances are almost slim to none with how well the other three teams in the AFs in that wild card race are playing. Every so, game is must-win if they lose. Yeah, really. So at this point, the Ravens can't drop to six and five. They will be motivated, obviously, because. You drop two in a row, they don't want to drop three in a row, and I really don't see the Ravens dropping th- uh, three in a row, but just with how you know pissed off the Steelers are, Ben Roethlisberger is going to go off. The de- Like you said, the defense, too, I think is going to play phenomenal. They're going to get to Lamar Jackson, maybe sack him four times, and they're going to get a few turnovers, sort of like how they did in the first matchup, and... Chase Claypool, all those guys, like I said, with Ben Roethlisberger, I think that he just goes off. Definitely, I think it's going to be good to it's going to be a good game to watch. There's no question about that. Um, well, uh, before we wrap up, the only NHL news that we have here um, is they still don't know when they're going to start. The players and the owners and Gary Bettman, the commissioner, are talking. The league is asking for a 16 percent pay cut to kind of 
factor in the lost revenue on tickets. Even if they do have games at partial capacity, they're going to lose a ton in terms of ticket revenue in a sport that thrives off of ticket revenue. The only way they really make any money is gate revenue. Um, so they're in the process of next year looking for a new TV deal. They'll get it. They'll get a lot more on this one. It'll be a much better deal as the NHL is certainly up and coming, but or, you know, kind of built back up in terms of um, national appeal, but um, it's been kind of a rough road. We're not sure if there's even going to be a season. Um, it's certainly something that we're going to keep everybody updated on as we continue to say, just figure we share that little bit of news. Um, but otherwise, um, like we said at the start, we hope you have had a great week as you'll hear this tomorrow. We hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Um, everybody stay safe. Um, abide by what the government's telling us so we can get through this. Um, be smart, wear your mask, stay healthy, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Catch you guys on the next episode. Happy Thanksgiving.